0: to the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. I am your host, Steve Gordon. I'm here yet again with my good friend and my co-host, John Curry. And we've got a fun topic today. This is one that scares people to death. John, talking about (laughs) books. Yes. Uh, Good good to see you. Welcome.
1: Now, well, thank you. But are you saying scares people because they got to read a book or because they want to prepare a book? I think both. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Based on the the stats for uh, reading in this country right now, uh, I think both of them frighten people. But uh, people like the idea; they, they like for people to think that they read books, so they buy them. But they don't often consume them. But that should that should not deter you from writing a book of your own. So well,
1: well, that's a great entree. So tell me, why why should I take the time and energy and the money? to have a book. Let's start there. Well,
0: um, personally I would write it whether anyone ever read it or not. And I'll tell you a story, John, I had a client come to us. Um, so probably about a year ago now. And he said, I bought your book two and a half years earlier. He, uh, he said, I I promptly put the book on my nightstand thinking I was going to read it. It sat on his nightstand for two and a half years. Um, And I think I've probably told this story already. And I joke like, well, what in the world did that, you know, that book witness sitting there in his bedroom. And um, and it just sat there dutifully. I owned a little bit of real estate on his nightstand. And every time he went to bed and every morning when he woke up, he saw me and he saw my name. He never cracked the book. He finally just called me and said, I give up. I'm not going to read it. I need you. I need you to help me figure this stuff out. He didn't need to read it. It still worked. So that's why I would do
1: it whether or not anyone ever read it. Absolutely. So let's expand on that. I have a book published 10 years ago, come December, be 10 years ago. That book has helped me tremendously in my marketing and I don't make any money directly on the book itself. I've sold a few of them. I don't know if I had to guess, I'd say probably might've made $5,000 over 10 year period of time of direct sales. I'm to the point now where I don't even try to sell it. I just give it away. And we'll talk about how to use the book in the marketing, but let's go back to something you said a moment ago. I thought you were going to take a different tact. You were talking about the client who just had the book and never read it. So I think, the reason to do the have the book and write the book is it forces you to get clarity on what it is you're doing and who your audience is because you can't write a book without sitting down and saying, "Okay, what am I going to write about it's got to be a topic for me it's preparing for a secure retirement that's the title of the book and um is it Amazon and Kindle? So now I can direct people to it, and I'll even say things like this: You can go to to Amazon and buy the book for twenty bucks if you like, or if you just request it, I'll send it to you, no charge. So I think what it does it creates the the air. Well, you have a book, yes, I do. Would you like a copy? I'd love a copy, and we mailed out two yesterday. I really want to get to the point where I'm mailing out two or three every day with a handwritten note, but two went out yesterday and one the day before.
0: You know, I'm sitting here um, listening to you and I made a list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight benefits to having a book.
1: Ooh, lay it on me. Let me write them down.
0: Well, the first one is you get to do a book, a book launch. You did a big book launch, and uh, and and you you made hay with that for a long time.
1: Oh, it was fun too because we tied it to a charity. It was yeah. fun Raise money for a local charity.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, n- and number two, and these are not in any particular order necessarily. Uh, you get to own real estate in the prospects' world, literal real estate in the prospects' world. Uh, it, it's one of the best referral devices I've ever used, if not the best. Uh, it's excellent in lead generation. Um, it creates authority. It creates clarity, which you've already touched on. Uh, it, it, uh, fuels speaking and there's two ways that it does that, which we can talk about. And, uh, and it's a fantastic gift. I call it giving the gift of you. So, you know, there aren't a lot of ways that, um, that you can give gifts, but, (laughs) Um, it's, it's literally like you're packaging up yourself and all your wisdom, and you're allowing someone to introduce you with your book and giving the gift of you.
1: You just gave me a hell of an idea. I'm going to change on my sales letter that goes on my book and say, I was not able to fit myself in the envelope, so i am sending you my book instead. Exactly. I'm going to do brilliant. it. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fit in an envelope, so I decided to send you my book instead. I'm writing it down. That is going to be changed. Awesome.
0: So, um <laughs> so th- those are all the benefits, but before you can ever get to
1: the benefits of having hey, a book I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I got my I got my money's worth already. Can we just end the podcast now? Oh, that's it. Yeah, you're done. So, but that'd be rude to the other people, wouldn't it? It would it would be. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So,
0: We've listed a bunch of benefits. There are more. If we sat here and brainstorm, we'd probably come up with another eight or 10 easily, but eight's enough. Um, the challenge <laughs> though you have before you get there is you got to write the book. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So um, You had one experience writing a book. I've written three now. Um, I've had three different experiences writing the book. Uh, or writing a book. Um, And we've written, I don't know, close to, I think, over a dozen, maybe 20 right now for clients um, where we've put the book together for them. Um, And so I've had that experience. And um, and so uh, let's talk through what that's like. So your experience was pretty unique. Talk about how you pulled
1: your book together. Well... Mine was, is very interesting and unique, because what I did, everything that I had done in my seminars for years, uh, and Marjorie helped me do it, our good friend Marjorie Shallow, she says, John, you've got all the content. I know for a fact that you've had these things uh, videotaped, and you got transcriptions of them. Let's sit down and work on it. So she helped me put it all together, and some of the visuals from the seminar are actually in the book. So if you came to a seminar, and then you read my book, you say, oh, that's very similar, and it is. So we took a lot of the content from the seminar and just put it in a book format. The one that you're going to help me with is coming up. Same thing. It's going to be based on what we're doing with our email course for a very specific group of people, members of the Florida retirement system. Then we'll do a second one, which will be more generic. But it's basically, I I tell people, once we agreed to do it, the book got done quickly. But it took me 30 years to have – the knowledge and the ability to get it out there. And I tell people the quicker you can do this, even if it's what our friend Adam Witte calls a shook, a short book, (laughs) if it's just 30 pages or 20 pages or 10 pages, it doesn't matter. Just get something out there that promotes you as being the expert and the authority.
0: Yeah, we did one for a client. It's actually an advisor. Um, This is going back six or seven years now. And uh it was he wrote it it was 12 typed pages he wrote it following our framework but it was 12 typed pages uh in microsoft word we formatted it and i think it ended up at about 20 25 pages something like that so even calling it a book is being kind of generous but uh but it did the job for him because now he's an author and now he's got the this widget called a book and we all know the value of a book it has you know it has a high perceived value for the cost when you're an author people look at you differently Uh, they look at you as an authority Uh, authority has the word author in it and uh, and so it, it changes everything but it doesn't have to be an elaborate you know 200 page book
1: yeah well better that it's not because if it's too big people are intimidated and won't read it so let's do this everybody's being told have a book so, isn't there some danger, Steve, in that I spend the time and the money doing this book and it really doesn't help me that much? I mean, isn't that an issue?
0: Um, it, it is an issue. But if you, if you run into that, then one of two things is going on there. Number one, you wrote a book that's not targeted at your market, which is a bad decision.
1: Well, whoa, well, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait, I can shouldn't I just write this book and Barnes and Noble and Books and they're gonna come begging me to sit, let them sell the book? Some days.
0: So, some days I wonder why I do this with you. <laughs> Uh, the money is not in selling books. And, and I've had very successful best selling, auth- New York Times best selling authors. And we have clients that are at that level of uh, producing books. Um, and they will tell you the money is not in selling books. Um, That's why so, I brought it up
1: because the yeah. purpose of the book, folks, is not to go sell it on Amazon or the bookstores. The purpose is to create for you. Number one, clarity on your base of knowledge, make you put it in writing to where you're clear on it and give something to people that they never read it. Like your opening story there about the client who had it for two and a half years. If they never read it, if all they do is hold it, the front cover and the back cover tells them enough about you that you're now perceived as being quote the expert.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. We've sold, over 10,000 copies of my first book, Unstoppable Referrals, um, which is, a, you know, it's not millions. We didn't land on any of the, you know, big newspaper bestseller lists. But if you look at the um, average number of books that are sold for a nonfiction book in that category, it's less than 300. Yep. And most of those go to friends and family. Um, And, and, so you know we we've done quite a bit more than that and i i will tell you even with that we didn't make a whole lot of money on the book but i've made probably a million dollars off of that book at this stage
1: yep yep so so go back to the track you're on there before i jump in and interrupt you about selling the book
0: i don't even remember the track that i was on uh oh i know you asked me you know if somebody wrote a book and it didn't work for them well the the first risk you have is not writing it for the right audience. And, um, and that's being clear about who your ideal client is. And, and the the second risk you have is if, if you've written a book and it was to the right audience and you're not getting any results from it, then um, you may want to think, rethink whether or not you should be in business because everybody I know that's written a book to the right audience and done even a half decent job of promoting that to those people has done phenomenally well. It, it is in my mind, it's the gold standard of marketing and, um, and it has so many benefits. You know, we just, I just in 15 seconds listed off eight at the beginning, and that's just scratching the surface. So you, you know, um, the advantages are huge. Um, I don't know that we need to do a whole lot more to sell it. You either get it or you don't. Um, but as particularly as a professional, in a, a commoditized business, and John, you're in a commoditized business, I'm in a commoditized business. There's not an industry today that isn't. As a professional in a commoditized business, if you have any hope of standing out and raising yourself above the competition and escaping the comp- the, the commoditization that is to come, because there will come a time when... The lower level of advice giving, you know, the people who are advisors where they're mostly transactional, all of that will go away. Those jobs will move from a nice office like you're in, John, in a nice building in a local town to someone in a call center who's been trained to give that advice through an 800 number.
1: It's already happening.
0: Yeah, it already is happening. And that capability will only grow. Okay. And so you're going to have to separate yourself in perceived value far beyond what someone can get through one of those services. And you may say, well, it's not there yet. It's not, but it will be there. That's where things are going. So how do you differentiate yourself? Well, one of the ways you do that is you have a, what we call a worldview and every professional I've ever met has this, John. And it's this, this inner belief that they have that the way that I serve clients and the way that I advise them, the strategies that I bring to them are superior to anything my competitors do. Because if you didn't have that worldview, it would be impossible for you to go sell to anyone, right? If If you're a good human being who wants the best for your clients and you didn't believe that your approach was better than all of your competitors, then you wouldn't ever sell anybody. You'd refer them to someone who could serve them better. So you have that worldview, right? Yes. But 99.9% of professionals go to their grave with the worldview and nobody ever knows about it. Okay. And the 0.1% will write a book and they'll publish that worldview, which you've done in, in your uh, preparing for a secure retirement book. I've done in all three of our books and, um, and now you have a way to let that world you out of your brain and let it get out in the world and do its work. And that's the only purpose of having it. It's
1: the same thing about doing a podcast. Yep. So you got the spoken word and you got the, uh, the word on paper.
0: Well, and and let's talk about it because I think those two mediums actually work really effectively together. One of the things we're doing now with a lot of our podcast clients is we are, strategically planning out their episodes to follow the outline of their book. So they're talking through it, or in some cases we're interview. we're doing an interview where we interview them instead of them interviewing a guest. And then we're taking that content and having a professional writer go write the book. Cause you can, you know, Dan Sullivan says this, you can, you can be an author without being a writer. I
1: love that. Um, you're getting into now how to get the book done. So let's let's do this. Let's 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 set the stage. So now let's talk about how do you take this idea in your head, this book, this knowledge you have, and get it on paper. So with that same that that theme, go back to what you were just sharing.
0: Well, so I think the first step there is understanding what that worldview is, and then being able to organize it. Okay. And this is where somebody on the outside can help because a lot of times we're too close to things to really be able to organize our, our message in a way that's going to make sense to a, a prospect who's reading it. Um, you know, and, and getting that message organized is kind of the, the, the first hurdle to overcome. It starts with who am I writing to and being as specific as possible as you can there. And then once you're, you're clear on that, then what is it about this message that's important? Why is it important for this reader to read this? And that's part of the introduction of your book. Because the first thing the book has to do, assuming they open it, you know, they open the cover and read past the table of contents is, you know, that intro has got to sell them on continuing to read over any and every other activity that they have available to them at that moment. Right. Including taking a nap. So, you got to convince them to keep going, right? So you've got to talk to them. Well, why is this important? What is it about this book that's important to that person right now? That comes from your inner belief that you're on a mission to help somebody. Okay, if you've got that inner belief and you convey that in that introduction, it's generally going to be pretty compelling. the The second thing that that introduction needs to do is it's got to paint the picture of what's what's the outcome we're going towards. What's the future that's going to be so much better than what they have right now? that, uh, you know, that we can paint that picture for them. And then it's going to be really desirable because if you can put those two things together, Hey, this is important. And here's the bigger, better future you're going to create. You're off to a good start. All right. And then you want to get into the meat of it. And that's where you get into your chapter. So we typically, when we're working with a client, doing a book form, John, we're going to look to create, between eight and 10 chapters. And these are generally fairly short chapters. Um, a lot of the books we create, I call them plane ride books. They're designed for you to, you know, for your prospect to be able to read on one leg of their next plane ride, you know? And, uh, if, you know, if if it's kind of geared towards, it's going to take them about an hour, you're more likely to get them to read it. So, um, so we do that. So that's kind of how we start. And then we get into the, the key points, you know, so chapter one is about this particular problem that you've got and describing it. And here are the things you got to think about and the potential solutions. And then the second problem and the third and the fourth and all the way down through the whole thing. And you got to give them some meat and some value there. You got to give them some of your wisdom because what you're doing, one of the reasons I think this works so well for professionals is that unlike the guy at the deli counter, you know, you go to the deli counter, John, and I love doing this, right? I go to the deli counter and I'm looking and I don't know what I want. And there's, they got all this boar's head meat there, which I love. It's all delicious. And I can't decide, well, what does the deli guy do? He said, oh, you like, you know, you like the black forest ham. You want to try some, here's a sample. Okay. right. You can't give somebody a sample of life insurance to see how it, how it works out. Right. For a lot of reasons, number one, they got to die. But, um, but you can give them a sample of your wisdom and your worldview and what it might be like to be coached by you, to be led by you because that's really what you're in the business of doing. So, um, so anyway, so, so that's the meat of it. And then at the end, now we come to a conclusion where we kind of reiterate what we told them in the beginning. You know, we tell them, again, here's why this is important. And here's what the bigger, better future can look like. And if you don't address these things, here's the really bad stuff that could happen. Here are the negative consequences that are out there. And then here's the next step that you need to take to get this solved for you. And often that means booking an appointment, having a telephone appointment, coming to a seminar or whatever. So that's kind of the outline we use. That's how we structure it.
1: Good, because all I knew was you can help me get, get another book done. So now I have an idea of what to expect. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So Good. now you've got you you've got the book done. Now you can sit down and write that yourself. You know why I wrote my first book, John? I got up at uh, at four thirty to five o'clock every morning for um, about 35 days in a row, uh, every day of the week. And, uh, and I wrote for an hour and I can write about 1200 words an hour. I'm, I'm a a pretty good writer. Um, and so I, I was cranking it out and I, you know, I wrote a, a a trade paperback in 35 days. Not everybody can do that, but that was the way I did it first. When I wrote my second one, it was going to be a shorter, smaller book following the outline that we just described and I outlined it on, um, on a Monday. So I kind of knew everything that was going to go in and I let that percolate for a few days. And then I took Thursday and Friday and cleared the calendar and I wrote for four hours on Thursday and I wrote for four hours on Friday and the book was done eight hours. And so they can be done really quickly. Um, you know, if you're comfortable writing, but if you're not comfortable writing, then you may want to think about other methods of, of getting it done.
1: Talk about those other methods. Obviously, we've talked about uh, you do you provide that service. Uh, talk about if somebody wanted to explore the various places uh, where they would look to get a book done.
0: Well, so there are all there are all kinds of folks who will do different types of books for you, right? So there are the the sort of um, be included in a celebrity book um, right. things out there right? Where you get to write a chapter in a book and there's maybe 10 or 15 chapters at the beginning of it, some business celebrity, you know, like Mark Victor Hansen or Jay Abraham or Dan Kennedy or somebody like that has written um, two or three chapters at the beginning. And then it is a whole series of individual business owners who have paid to be a part of that bigger book. Oftentimes those books will um, get you know, the companies that produce them will pay to get them featured on a major TV network or several. Sometimes they will, uh, pay to get them onto a bestseller list. And believe it or not, you, you kind of can game the system to get on like the New York times bestseller list and some of those others. Um, you know, and, and those come with a, a, a pretty decent sized price tag, but you know, I see a lot of people going towards those, but I don't think
1: they have the same effect. I, I know they don't. I was approached, it was going to be $10,000. dollars you got to be kidding me. Uh, that's way too much money. I have no control. I have no control over what other people say. Uh, in fact, I checked one out years ago and compliance said absolutely not because we have no control over what the other people are going to be saying there. So it's a compliance issue too. Uh, but Again, I'm just one person among several others, and, and now there's competition for my message. So I'm glad you mentioned that one because, I frankly, I had forgotten that one, uh, that concept. But um, you, the point I want to make is you don't have to sit down and write every day for an hour. There are other ways of doing it. You can sit down and record your thoughts, have it transcribed, and start there.
0: Yeah you can do that. Um, you know, and, and if you can find a good editor, oftentimes that, that will work. What we see a lot of times with, with folks who are not creating a lot of content for marketing, you know, they're not writing a lot of articles and doing things like that. Their biggest hurdle is really just figuring out what should go in the book and, and kind of narrowing down what they should talk about. And so probably the biggest contribution we make there is, um, is, is helping them get clear and get organized and, and kind of listen to what they're talking about, about how they add value to their clients. And from that extracting their worldview, cause they know it, but they know it unconsciously. And, you know, because we're kind of an outsider to that, we can listen and say, okay, oh, there's the valuable piece. Oh, that point was really good. That's going to be valuable to somebody in their market you know, and we've done this enough across enough markets, we can kind of identify that. But, you know, some of the other ways that you can get a book done, John, there are companies out there that'll, um, they'll simply interview you and take a transcript of the interview and they'll clean it up a little bit, but it's still, you know, interviewer, you know, it's name next to a paragraph with what they said. And then your name next to a paragraph, those are okay. Um, we find that they don't work as well because they're harder to read, so it serves the purpose of having something with a cover on it, you know, and having some content inside, probably better than nothing.
1: But, um, but we kind of take a hybrid approach. When but, I have done those, I've done two of those where I just took a, uh, an interview and I just put a cover on the front and the back, had it done to the local printer, and I just put on the front of it, transcription of an interview. So, because I didn't want to mislead someone to think they're buying a book or getting a book, I wanted to be clear that it said transcription or transcript, I think so. it was tran- yes, transcript of interview with X, Y, and Z.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and one of the challenges with those is that because you're talking, even if it's edited, it's hard to clean up a lot of the informalities in that language. Um, and because you're talking, it tends to be a little bit less well organized. True. Um, than, than if it's written. Um, and and so if you do care about what happens when a prospect reads it and you're trying to influence them as they read it, um, they, they tend not to work as well there. And well, That's one of the reasons we take kind of a hybrid approach where we'll interview somebody, but then we've got professional copywriters who are trained marketing writers who are trained, you know, book writers who will then take all of that, make it sound like you, and then Uh, but have it really well organized and well written and then professionally edited and all that. But, but there's lots of ways to get it done.
1: I think the most important part of that is understanding why you're doing the book and making sure that whoever's helping you with the book understands marketing. So many people just throw a book together and then they're disappointed that they're not using that book properly to getting the, to get the results they want. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. They're just thinking, they, okay, I wrote a book. Why aren't people flocking to me? Well, because you're not letting people know about the book. And on the previous episode, we talked about postcards. One of the most productive things that I've done with the postcard is I had it. One side looked like the cover of my book, same size, eight and a half uh, by five and a half. The other side had the marketing message and we mailed it out. Would you like to get a copy of my book and my information package go here? So, book on one side is a postcard, and then the marketing message requests it, uh, it, 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 it worked.
0: Well, let's and, talk it, about how to
1: use it. Okay. Yeah, so we've,
0: uh, and before we do, I know we're getting close to the end of our agreed upon time. Can you extend a little bit so we can explore this? I,
1: I can. I've got time. Go ahead.
0: So, um, we've talked about how to create the book. Um, but there are are so many ways that you can use it. And I'm always finding that there's a new way that it can be used uh, in in marketing. So um, you launched yours with a book launch. So talk a little bit about the book launch process and and what that allowed you to do.
1: Well, uh, frankly, I was surprised how well it went. We did it at the University Club at Florida State University. And I wanted to sell the book And then give part of the proceeds to United Way locally. Well, I decided to just give the book away, and um, actually, what I did is I sold the book, but for twenty bucks a piece. But all the money went to charity, went to United Way. So I didn't keep any of it. And I'd planned—I think it was the original gift, twenty percent—but I just gave it all away. So what happened is I was surprised at the turnout. I was truly. I was humbled by the number of people who came. The University Club helped promote it, so I got exposure there. I got exposure of us sending out emails and postcards promoting it, and it gave me the ability to have my own little book signing. We had a table set up with a stack of books, and I was sitting there signing them. kind of felt like a big cheese, you know, like what are the authors out there? Uh, but I didn't expect that. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And you get to create this great event. I mean, you create so much buzz in the community um, around the fact that you've got a book. So it's great PR event. You know, those are hard to create sometimes, but, but when you have a book, you know, there's a natural PR event there waiting for you.
1: Now let me be clear. I didn't have the local television station rushing in to interview me either now.
0: No, but (laughs) you get to announce it to the people that are in your world and in your database. And it's, it doesn't matter that the TV station isn't rushing in. Um, if you can get that orchestrated, great. But at least, you know, with your database, those people are, are looking at that as, oh, he's, it's a book launch. He's a real author. So you get that. So, so that's great. We've talked about owning real estate in someone's world. You own it on their bookshelf, on their desk, on their nightstand, you know, wherever they keep books and, and they'll come back to that periodically. Okay, uh, and so it's it's one of the few marketing mediums that has decades long staying power because it's taboo to throw a book away, right? So if you're really in this business for the long haul and you start planting these seeds all over the place, some of them are going to grow up into really great clients right away because you're going to hit somebody at the right time. But you might get that book out to somebody; it's just going to sit there on their bookshelf, you know, or it's going to sit. On the corner of their desk, and they're going to clean their desk a half a dozen times and see your book and they're going to have to move it somewhere and they're going to have to physically hold it and handle it and you've you've now without you knowing it you've touched them that's a touch on that prospect every time they look over and see your name on it that's a touch on that prospect and it's working on them it's working on them it's working on them and um, you know and there's no added cost over time to you to do that. It's not, we talked about postcards in the last episode, John, every time you want to touch somebody with a postcard, you got to send them another postcard. Once they got the book, it's going to keep working. So you get real estate. Um, Probably the best way we use it is referrals. You're a master at this. Um, I wrote a book on it. So between the two of us, we know a thing or two about how to use a book to get referrals. You want to describe a little bit your process?
1: Well, uh, I've simplified mine even more. Just yesterday, I'm talking with this couple about people they know that would benefit from meeting me. And I said, look, let's be candid. If you go and tell them how great I am, they should meet with me. They're going to be, uh, concerned. They're going to have some fears. Yeah. You know, they don't know me. Am I, am I going to try to sell them something? Let's just send them a copy of my book. So. Sometimes they'll take the book and give it to someone. I prefer that I mail it. The one yesterday, they gave me their names and addresses, and uh, we will mail them the books. So I prefer to suggest that we send it to them. I show them what I have in my bright yellow and orange folder that will go in envelope, show them the contents, keep one on my conference table, and uh, that's how I do it. Keep it pretty simple. Because I don't want everybody as a client anyway.
0: Yeah. And, and it is just that simple. Um, and we found that, uh, you know, using our books as as referral generators just works incredibly well. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll probably generate, we're recording this in October, the last quarter of the year, we'll generate in the ballpark of a hundred referrals. Mm-hmm by going to our clients and our partners and saying, you know, I, I know, you know, people that, that need this book that, you know, these books that I've written let's brainstorm together who that would be. And then let's send them, you know, we'll send it out to them. We'll send it as a gift from you. Yep. Just a very easy way to do it. Um, so that's referrals. Um, fantastic for lead generation. So if you're trying to figure out who the prospects are in your database, who, who really is interested or within your market, you know, really, who are the leads? It's so much easier to get them to raise a hand and say, "Hey, I'm interested in this book," than it is to get them to agree to book an appointment for you.
1: Well, or going like back it. to the, going back to the postcards, one of the things we'll be doing is the the mailing list we're using. One of the postcards will be to request the book because so, I don't want to send the book out until I know they're a prospect, they're interested. So let's just say I send out a thousand postcards. 10 people request the book. Well, those 10 have now raised their hand and have elevated themselves to a higher level of interest. Well, let's talk,
0: let's talk about those <clears throat> 10. Okay. Because a lot of people listen to this will go, gosh, you mailed a thousand, you only got 10. But those, those 10 people did you a favor, and the other 990 did you a favor as well. Right. Well,
1: the other 990, I just haven't gotten yet
0: you haven't gotten yet, but what they've done by not raising the hand is, is saying, I'm not interested yet. You don't need to focus on me yet. You can keep doing the, the inexpensive and, um, and low effort touches that you're doing with something like a postcard while you focus all of your attention and your energy on the people that raised a hand right now, the 10. 10. Yep. So it, it gives you the opportunity to focus and, um, and frankly, that's what we all want. I mean, most business people are sitting there going, I got this big database, but I don't know who my, I don't know who to focus on right now. Well, this gives you the opportunity to focus on a small number of people. And when you show up in their world as an author, the first place that they interact with you is because they received your book. Guess what? You're an authority. You're not a salesman. I don't want to show up as a salesperson. I want to show up
1: as the author, the guy that wrote the book on, whatever. I have fun with that. People talk about retirement. So I wrote the book on preparing for secure retirement. They go, literally? Yeah. You want a copy? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So it can do wonders for your lead generation. Um, We've talked about authority. It creates tremendous authority. Uh, we've talked about clarity. The process of going through and creating a book will give you so much clarity on your messaging. Uh, I wrote down the
1: word focus next to that because you're just talking about focus Uh, on those 10. I wrote down clarity slash focus because I think it allows you to focus on the people that truly are interested now. Now of the 10, only maybe two or three are ready today, but but at least the others know who I am. You know, so it allows me to get in the door and have a higher, higher level of interest.
0: Absolutely, and of course, the even the ones that don't buy today out of that group of ten now they're still higher priority prospects, and they go in a different part of your list where they get more attention from you where they should. Um, yes. So we talked about giving the gift of you. Um, speaking opportunities. Speaking is is the one that. Uh, I think is pretty powerful. Um, because I, I think speaking is one of the, the best ways to convert people from just being a prospect to, um, to then booking an appointment. Um, and so a book and speaking can work really well together and, um, and it can work in a, in a few different ways, John. So the, the first way is the 10 people that raise their hand right? They ought to get really personal invitations to the next time you speak, whether it's a seminar or webinar, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so in your own internal marketing, it can work really well. But when you're the author of a book, it immediately opens doors to speaking opportunities. Now, those could be local in your community, right? Because the civic organization, they're usually schlepping somebody in who is trying to sell something, you know, it's the the local CPA or the attorney that's talking about estate planning or, you know, the local construction company that's talking about remodeling your kitchen or whatever, you know, and you got a whole bunch of people, business owners in there at the breakfast meeting, right? Well, it's a rare and special occasion when they can welcome the author of the book, yep. whatever topic. So it brings a lot more credibility to that, but it also opens those opportunities, and it opens bigger speaking opportunities.
1: I don't know if you remember this, but at one time, my seminars were, the title of it is uh, uh, Enjoy an Evening with the Author of. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and uh, that worked very well. An Evening with the Author of Preparing for Secure Retirement. It was different. Now, when I first did, I thought, hey, that's kind of cocky and arrogant, but you know what? It worked. Yeah, time to break, time, time to do that again. So the, let's the, hurry and get <laughs> my book done so I can <laughs> go through this whole list with the new one.
0: Isn't it funny how we uh we both do this so much. Sometimes I think we forget more than we actually uh than we act on in any given quarter. There's so so many things you can do, but it it not only gives you uh, you know opportunities to speak, but it gives you the topics. So once you've got a book, you now have the outline for your signature presentation and all of the content to deliver it. So it becomes now very, very easy to repurpose it.
1: Seminars, webinars, speeches.
0: Yeah. And you only need one presentation. So you write the book. Now you got all the content for the one presentation. If you got the book approved through compliance, which you have to do, guess what? Your presentation is probably going to get approved too, because they've already approved all the content right? Yeah, you got to go through process again, but now you've, you've kind of solved for that. And, uh, and all of your messaging is consistent and unified and just simplifies business.
1: Well, all the stuff you just covered is so true of what we're doing now, because with our email course that we're doing, everything's been approved except the last little segment. Once that was done, that will become the book because I want to make sure that we expand on the topics so they can go online and read it, but we can mail them a book. Now it's almost like a summary of it, or we can mail you the book. And then if you go to the online course, it sounds familiar. We don't want it to where they hear one message one time and another later. I want it to be consistent, consistent, consistent messaging. And like you said earlier, it takes seven to 10 times, maybe 20 times, for people to hear you and your message get through. Well, if we're sending you an email and a postcard telling you about the course, then you go to the course or you get a copy of the book and it's tied to it. Then we just got multiple ways of getting your attention and getting in, get and getting in your head. Absolutely.
0: So I want to, before we wrap up, John, I got one more, one more thing I want to share. Um, I got asked this this week by, um, by a prospect of ours who, uh, is in the process of writing a book. And he says, it's going to launch in may of next year. So as we're recording this, it's, um, about eight months away. And he asked me, should I do the book first and then the podcast? Cause he's interested in doing a podcast or the podcast and then the book. And, um, and my response to him, I think is, uh, I think it'll be informative. To everybody listening, so I responded and said, "You ought to do the podcast first, and here's why um, when uh, when I wrote my first book we we uh, in the first week of that launch, we moved five thousand two hundred and sixty eight books in the first week. that's huge, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the kind of database that would support that. I think we had about a thousand people in our database um, and so we didn't it wasn't the connections we had or the, the relationships we had directly with people who were buying books that moved that many. Um, but it was the relationships that I created from doing a podcast that I had done two years earlier and stopped doing, which was a mistake. But um, I had done a podcast for a year. I'd interviewed 50 people who were influencers in, in my world, influencers to my prospects, referral partners. And I went back to those 50 people and out of the 50, only 15. So very small number, 15 of them, uh, agreed to help me promote the book. And so we wrote up an, an email that they could use to promote the book the week that it launched and those 15 sent it out. Yep. And
1: that's what I re- created. I, re- I remember the momentum you had too. Oh, it's huge. Doubled our
0: business that year. So, um, and so so, a lot of these things you know if you 're thinking about because we 're sharing all these different strategies, John, and I think it can get a little bit overwhelming, but they all do fit together there 's kind of a method to the madness um, and uh, and one of the things we do with clients it's kind of the first engagement that we do with them is we do some planning where we look at well, here are all of the pieces of the puzzle let 's figure out, given your goals and your business, how do we put them together in the right order but these things fit together very strategically in an an important way. And so to make a big impact with the book, you want to have a strong referral network in place. You don't necessarily need a podcast to create that, but that's one of the ways you can create
1: it. Or even have a good client list where they want a copy of the book. They come in. I've I've done things where when you come in for your review, we'll give you a copy of the book. Because I didn't want to just mail it out willy-nilly. I wanted people to request it or come in and get it. It's also good to hand out a seminars. So let's talk about that. I wrote down number nine as a handout uh, in seminars because when we do a seminar, I like to have a copy of the book at their place where they're sitting because now it's like if somebody new goes, oh, oh, he's, he's written a book. And somebody next to him says, yeah, you didn't know that? yeah, Johns. He, I've been a client of John's for 40 years. It just gives you another way of being visible in a different way. It's now, when fun. you
0: do when you do that, do you use a uh, a referral bookmark?
1: No, no, I don't. But okay, well, we so need to you get can... get
0: that done for you. Okay,
1: all right, referral bookmark. Okay, yeah, good. so
0: when we when we give books out, we include a bookmark in it, and the bookmark talks about the book and basically pitches the person on the idea of, Hey, share this with another business owner. And, uh, and then they can write their information in and they can send that back to your hand, it back to you at the meeting and say, yes, I'd love for my friend, Bob to get the book. Here's his information. So you can use in all kinds of ways to multiply things.
1: Uh, I'm sure you have my phone number in my email, so I need to see a picture of that like ASAP, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll send you one. <laughs> I got to do that. I'll love it. I should have a bookmark in there anyway, so that's perfect. Have that in and then they can give it back to me. I love it. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right. We could go on forever and ever on this. I love these topics and we're having a good time, but I know we're over time and, and we need to wrap this one up. So folks, thanks for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed these episodes, please do share them with, uh, other advisors that, uh, that you care about and, uh, help us spread the word. We're trying to help your clients by helping you go and attract more of them and, and serve them better. And, uh, and so that's how you can pay us for the wisdom that we're sharing with you to share it with some other advisors. John, great to see you again. And uh, thanks as always. Always learn a lot on these.
1: Good to see you. And I I picked up some good ideas. I got two pages of notes here that I'm going to incorporate in my uh, next book campaign we're doing here.
0: Absolutely. These are the most profitable conversations
1: we have all week. Well, it's very good. I enjoy doing it. And it's a lot of fun. So thank you, my friend. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye.